Alrighty, hello everybody and welcome back to this week's episode or porpoiseode of Reaching Extinction. I'm here with Shelby and Liam again and we're just going to give you guys an update on the Southern Resident News. So this week um, an article was posted by Outside Online asking if it was too late for the Southern Residents. Um, what did you guys think about that article? It was really emotional. Um, I just reread it again, before we jumped on um, the meeting here to record and like even the second time reading it through, there were definitely a few moments that like definitely just made me tear up and like had a really big emotional impact on me personally. Yeah, for sure. I definitely felt that too. And there were like some stories in there that I didn't know about that you know, Ken talked about with the different whales. Um, But yeah, that was definitely a heart-wrenching one where kind of the tone of it was written saying that it is too late. Liam, what did you think? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Liam? Uh-oh. Um, oh, there he is. It was, uh, yeah, sorry, That's- I'm on a delay. Um, it was really hard to read for me. Uh, it, yeah, it was really hard to read that that magazine i know or that article i mean um oh how how grave things have gotten you know and it's you know gotten so bad to to the or like you know people who've dedicated their whole lives to this you know this effort to save them from extinction it's just gotten it's gotten so bad that like some people are like very close to giving up at this point i feel like that's kind of fair like you know i mean like i've only been in this for the last like two years and i can imagine like because at least it's been painful for me even like especially these last like two weeks with all the whale watching stuff but Like, I can only imagine putting your whole life's work into this and, like, trying so hard and just, like, watching things fall apart, it looks like. Like, I mean, I don't blame Ken for for being exhausted at this point, you know? It's sad to see and, like, you know, of course we want everybody to have hope, but at the same time, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, for sure, to have that long of an experience watching them and you know we have like you said a more um a more narrow window of our experience with the whales or um experiences watching them and for him to be able to compare back uh decades ago to know what it was to what it is now and yeah that must be really tolling on him to have watched it all go so downhill through the years yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, Deborah Giles from Orca Wild put out a, a kind of a rebuttal article to that where she said it is not too late. And I think we are we are at that point where it's like decisions have to be made right now. Like we don't have time to waste and like I feel that pressure. Like it's like let's see what what can we do about the southern residents today right now? Like what can we do? And so it's like it's really hard, but we, like, I think we still have the power to change it at this point. And luckily, like, her article, there was a little bit more hope in it. And I think maybe it's because, 
you know, she's not nearly as old as Ken is and hasn't been in the field as long just because, you know, she's younger than him. Um, and maybe not burn out yet, but like definitely I like needed to read that article because it was really sad because it's like, do we give up at this point? And like, it seems like nobody's willing to change and like, it just, it doesn't look good right now. It doesn't look good at all. Yeah, I think it's important to have that balance of, you know, bringing important facts to our attention and fueling the fire of change that needs to be made, but also leaving room for hope and positivity to to fuel that um, drive for change even more to know that, you know, there is a little bit of hope. Yeah, I think so. Um, but speaking of hope and change, there were three bills that have been on the table. One was like recently suggested and then two of them, um, are under review right now. So we are going to dive into that a little bit. Um, Shelby, do you want to start out with your bill? Yeah, sure. So I looked a little bit, uh, more into, it was, uh, Washington state bill SB 5306, which was an act relating to local salmon habitat recovery planning in critical areas. Um, So basically, a brief summary of this bill is that um, it's requiring the Department of Fish and Wildlife to adopt conservation and restoration guidelines to assist counties and cities in Washington uh, in promoting preservation and enhancement of um, fisheries, as well as designating and protecting critical areas under the Growth Management Act. So basically, it's taking a more localized approach of having um, individual cities or um, or counties uh, prioritize critical areas that will be important in salmon restoration efforts. So um, identifying these areas as well as identifying areas that would be incompatible for salmon recovery and habitat preservation, and then also Um, helping to identify methods for improving and preserving uh, salmon habitat as a whole. So um, yeah, basically just helping those, helping local counties and cities, which um, mostly uh, those coastal cities and counties in Washington, which salmon habitat areas apply to, um, helping put plans and recognizing critical areas um, in place to help state movements as a whole. So that was that's basically um, the goal of that bill there. So um, yeah, the state as a whole is working hard to recover salmon populations and recognizes their importance in the endangered southern resident killer whales. So um, yeah, that's that's the summary, I guess. Yeah, I think that bill sounds good. Like based on the information that I have. On you know what I'm aware of about salmon that seems like that makes sense to kind of have like an adaptive practice like in each area that's local um because everywhere's different so that's awesome yeah I agree it will just help to hopefully give a better picture and um a better analysis for the state as a whole by looking at the individual areas yes yeah, so, um, and there was another bill that was put on the table at the same time, and that is um, Senate Bill, so SB 5330. So um, this one was related to commercial whale watching licenses um, and amending a previous um, bill that was out there. So essentially, 
people in the whale watching community have to pay a lot of fees in order to operate on the water and have commercial licenses. And the previously what the um, agreement was that is that they pay those if they're going to watch the um, any marine mammal. But they recently changed this bill so that it is just the southern residents. And going through it, they charge based on like number of boats, boat size, number of kayaks. So um, if you're a larger company or even a smaller company, it adds up pretty quickly and can get very expensive. Um, I think this is a great idea because uh, realistically, we do need as many boats away from the southern residents as possible. And whale watch boats account for 50% of whale activity um, around the southern residents that's like vessel related. So um, this would take care of half of, of the problem um, as f- in, in regard to vessels directly interacting with the southern residents um and this is like such a hard hard topic to talk about and it was i touched on it with gloria um on friday um but there's a lot of like heated issues and and i'm honestly very disheartened by what i'm seeing going on in the whale watching community and how hard it is to communicate with people about this issue just out of curiosity does it say what the cost of the license would be and is would it be an annual renewal yes so it's an annual renewal um so the annual fee um is where is it oh it's the annual fee so the application fee is 75 dollars um and then the annual fees for commercial whale watching and licenses are described by each type of boat. So for one 24 passenger boat, it's $325. For a 25 to 50 passenger boat, it's $525. For a 50 to 100 passenger boat, it's $825. 100 to 150 passenger boat, $1,825. And 150 passenger or greater, $2,000. And then the annual fees for the commercial whale watching license described in this section include fees for kayaking so one to ten kayaks is 150 or 125 dollars um 11 to 20 kayaks is 225 dollars 25 to 30 kayaks 425 dollars um and then it just continues to go up ah i actually kind of like that it's based on boat number and boat size versus just charging the company a flat fee because that might help larger companies as well maybe prioritizing only the smaller boats if they are to go see the southern residents and then yes. maybe that has less of an impact on them as well if they are choosing to view them yes yeah no absolutely i think that it's i think it's a great idea um because obviously you know we do care about people's jobs and livelihoods in the economy um and i'm sure that like everybody else the whale watching industry has taken a hit i know that we have here in monterey um and so incentivizing this will will keep people away from the Southern residents, which will hopefully give them a little bit of relief and, and the females more room to breathe since we just saw that study come out that it's impacting their foraging behavior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and then there was one third bill, which I think is the most exciting bill that we have, and Liam's going to cover that for us. Yeah, so this bill, well... I don't want to really say it's a bill. It's more like an outline for a potential draft of legislation. But around the same time that the outline magazine came out, um, uh, Republican Senator uh, Mike or no, excuse me, not Senator Representative Mike Simpson um, 
brought up a proposal that he worked on to essentially um it would eventually lead to the breaching of the lower four snake river dams involved involved with that with this outline is breaching the four lower snake river dams and this is an effort to aside from bring back salmon uh, populations it's also uh supposed to uh help revive the revive uh the economy around around the uh around the Snake River a little bit, improving communities and uh, creating a much uh, more, uh, support, uh, much stronger uh, energy grid while still, uh, and as well as uh, switching over to a different mode of exportation and importation, um, you know, from bar- from the subsidized barges to, uh, to rail. And he's talked with people who are part of the agriculture industry. He's talked with people from Bonneville Power Administration. He's talked with communities and conservationists, energy, uh, recreational, uh, recreational departments, as uh, fisheries, and uh, basically transportation departments, and even uh, tribes, which is great. Um, so yeah, this is a huge first. Well. Here, um, let me back up a little bit. So he is planning to allocate about $33.5 billion to do this. Thirty, So $33.5 billion that, that all involved, that are all going to be uh, used to, to breach the dams as well as help uh, support farmers, help support the transition from... from uh, from barges uh, to uh, to rails and possibly even a bit of uh, road as well. Um, they will help support the tourism industry around there, and yeah, basically allocate all that money to help um, to help keep those uh, to help keep those uh, things in place. Basically, help keep people's jobs as well as um, hopefully uh, recovering the. Uh, the Snake River, and now before I now before I continue, I just want to say that you know this is you know it's amazing. No one has ever um, done something, even no representative or senator or governor has made something to this extent. And I'm great that Representative Mike Simpson has taken this much as, of an initiative uh, to do it. However, I will say there are. A few a few problems. Um, first of which is uh, the amount of money that needs to be spent to do this. The thirty three point uh, five billion dollars. Now, this is a lot of it. Like a lot of it is going to go. A couple hundred million dollars of it is going to be going to to research during uh, the period at which this will um, happen into uh, what's the best way to um, best way to transfer uh, well the best way to help people uh, move mm-hmm. on from uh, from using this and you know it's gonna go into uh, power replacement um, even uh, dredging to to help uh, get the um, the flow of soil back up again Um yeah, so all these all these different all these different points, some of which I would argue aren't 
necessary. Um, for one, uh, for one, he plans on um, on uh, on uh, figuring out which is uh, which will be the best to uh, replace the energy from the Four Lower Snake River Dam. So he wants to allocate ten billion dollars for that alone, and he suggests. Um, BPA uh, finding a um, finding and owning a power replacement or some third-party Northwest entity um, would own it and operate it. Um, I'd like to point out that uh, Portland General Electric has uh, has wind turbines stationed all over the Northwest. Um, a lot of them can't be used at the moment because um, because the grid is being taken up by the dams that don't produce a whole lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, a little bit sick. Uh, So yeah, there, that's going to happen that, well, that's what's highlighted in the proposal. So $10 billion to to improve the energy. Um, And there's a little bit in, um, uh, something I found that was a little bit odd was that, um, the proposal seems to uh, give Bonneville Power Administration a lot more, uh, a little bit more control over uh, over what happens with the reco- with some of the recovery than uh, before, as well as some of the uh, some of the energy management. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I find that a little bit um, odd. There's a little bit of misconception into what's causing the uh, the decline in um, in salmon. A lot of it's uh, it's implied that most of the re- that the reason why the salmon is not returning is that um, ocean conditions from climate change are 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 killing them while they're in the ocean. There isn't much uh the he doesn't he doesn't say that the um that the dams are the primary reason or at least a major contrib as a major factor into the decline in salmon mm-hmm. and list the dams as basically um a contributor in a way and um but he does a good but he does a good job with um with calculating you know why you know how much is necessary to begin even a even a small recovery right like he compares the uh the salmon from the john day river and how they have a three to four percent return ratio whereas the Snake river salmon has one one percent but you know there's still there's no mention of the southern residents well there's no mention of any any other ecosystem that the salmon supports uh in the document and yeah, he focus. He fo- it looks like he's focusing heavily on on making sure that these are terms that are set by the stakeholders of Bonneville and other administrations, and are mostly in- within their interest. And the biggest the biggest problem I'd say with this is the actual breach date. Mm-hmm. All four dams are supposed to be breached by twenty thirty. 2030 so nine years from now and to put that into perspective in order for that to have a, any kind of significance aside from the salmon but for, for the southern resident orcas for it to have any kind of significance for them they would have to they would have to um, survive for nine years 
on what they have. They have they have to uh, they have to survive the U.S. Navy testing. They're have they're going to have to survive a slight the uh, slight increase in boat traffic and noise pollution. You know, not not just from the Navy, but from other, or for, but uh, from other um, from other ships belonging to other companies, and and that's e- and that's even with that's e- even if they make it to five years uh, when the Klamath dams are um, are breached, it's it'll be amazing. But the pro- but yeah, so the dams wouldn't actually be breached until twenty thirty, and it's very possible that. By the time that happens, the Southern residents could become functionally extinct. Absolutely. And so, you know, overall, this this bill, like, it's not, like, it's it's definitely better. And, and last night on that Clubhouse chat that was hosted by Jordan Lerma and Lindsay Cruz, I think it's her last name, Stephen Hawley was on there and said that this is the most, like, progress that we've made in a decade. And so, while it is not perfect... Um, Definitely need to like applaud um, the people that are putting this into place because these are big, big steps that we're taking. But I think you're totally right. We need to make sure that um, it happens sooner. And I just was in a conference this last week and they were talking about the the new 30 by 30 effort, which is um, federally we're looking to save or conserve 30% of land and 30% of the environment by 2030. Um, and on there they had noted like somebody from Hawaii was speaking and Hawaii's already 50% of the way done and it's 2021. So we need to step up our game. Not that it's a competition, but like things can get done and this could help support that as well. Um, what are your thoughts on it, Shelby? Yeah, I thought, I think I agree that it's definitely, um, progress. Uh, he does state Um, I was looking on his website a little bit and he did uh, confirm that he hasn't drafted any legislation for it yet, um, but mentions that it will take Northwest delegation, governors, tribes, and stakeholders working together to draft a solution. So I think we just really need to, um, you know, look at all of the um, stakeholders involved and just promote change the best we can like again like looking to your local governors and um, delegation and promoting change and you can go on to his website as well he has an email listed for um, you can comment on it but um, I think now that this has come out if uh, we're able to contact our local governments and promote this more to get moving um, with all the stakeholders involved um, I also thought, which was interesting, um, it mentioned that uh, since um, 15 years ago, when the lower, the last uh, Lower Snake River Dam was put in place, um, so since the last dam was put in place, which was 15 years ago, they've spent $17 billion in efforts to recover the fish, which has resulted in very minimal um, results. So if we're looking at that, you know, $17 billion has been spent to get us basically nowhere. And this whole project is going to be about double that. Really, when you put it into perspective, I think this will be so much greater change for comparatively lower cost um, than the efforts that have been 
going on thus far. So yeah, yeah. eight to ten billion of which uh, was um, was from BPA's uh, attempt to uh, bring the uh, the salmon numbers back up. Yeah. And what was it? Did it say fifteen years? Yeah, fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. the last uh, the granite dam was constructed. Or grant really? Hold on, let me check. I thought it was earlier than that. Or that's like really no, not it, that it, long ago. It opened in nineteen seventy five. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm misreading. It was fifteen years after that dam was constructed. The sockeye salmon were protected under the Endangered Species Act. I'm sorry, I was. Um, mixing up some of my notes here, but uh, it still they've still spent 17 billion uh, in efforts to recover the fish. Um, so I, I still think that point still stands just yeah, sorry for that correction. It yeah, happens. they had to they had to they have to start protecting it because like shortly after I think even ice Har- when ice harbor began construction, when when those dams were completed, the sockeye disappeared from the entire region for like a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we can see how quickly ecosystems can recover from undoing the damage that's been done. So I'm really hopeful that they'll see a relatively quick return if we're able to get these dams breached soon. Yeah. I think so. And, you know, salmon's very resilient and the orcas are very resilient. And, you know, the orcas have at least survived the capture era and harpooning and toxins and vessel noise and, and, and things, all, all of those things up until this point. So I think, like, if we act now and we get super serious about it, we can get things done. One of the things I can't remember, maybe you can remember, Shelby, if it was either Stephen Hawley or Robin Baird, but one of them suggested that people who live in other states try to write their um, representatives to see if they'll back this bill because he thinks that it would be a lot stronger if um, it were backed by somebody from another state. Ah, uh, yes. I do remember hearing that. I can't confidently like, say who it was. One but. of those two. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's really important also. Um, so yeah, get to writing people. And somebody did ask when we were on that call, like, what can you what can you do even if you're in another state? Like, you can absolutely write to... Senator Inslee, you can write to your own representatives. There are so many people that you can write and talk to. Um, and if you need help or you want some directions, feel free to reach out. Like, happy to provide resources. Mm-hmm. PNW Protectors website and Wild Orca do a great job of um, making sure to make those resources accessible on like who to write and um, you know the different issues that you can write them about. So, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. This is like you know, it's it's. It's progress. Uh, it's something. It's like not perfect by any means, but we're getting somewhere, which is very hopeful. It's yes. It's good that this has not actually become uh, legislation yet. So there's still there's room there's room for a lot of improvement. Yes, and you know one of the things to bring up is as Liam, you had said that like a lot of the um, it was it was a lot of the interest was put in like you know Bonneville Power Association. We need to make sure that you know, the interests of the people who work down at the dams, that their jobs and their livelihoods are taken care of. And it, and when I was reading it, it looked like they did cover some of that. Um, but like making sure that everybody who's involved, like tribal interests, environmental interests, that we take care of everybody, including Bonneville Power Association, even if we don't yeah. agree with things, we need to make it fair to everyone. He did. 
he did seem uh from what i was reading that he was designating a significant amount of money to supporting industries um that would be affected by the dam's removal so that's good to help you know gain everyone's support hopefully yeah i think so and i feel like for those people we really have to make it worth their while because we're totally like like that's an upheaval of your life if your entire job or your industry is taken away so we absolutely need to make sure that those people are not left with nothing or that it's that they're left better than than what is being taken from them i guess Mm -hmm. yeah awesome i mean even yeah yeah so just yeah make sure they don't i mean the the only real risk i i could see i mean farmers yeah the only real risk that i could probably see being uh you know being given to some the only real risk that i see for someone is um i guess a little bit of the farmers that um they'll they'll have a little bit of issue with um adapting with the uh with uh with the river and you know yeah um mike has made clear that he's going to give money to uh all of these um colleges to help basically develop uh new new ways of uh, building uh, the farms sort of around uh, the river, but they, but those far, those farms can adapt, um, you know, even, even dams that, you know, are located far away can, uh, can adapt to it. And we can all adapt. Yeah. I think that's the thing to keep in mind is, is nobody's going to get everything that they want out of this. And we just have to make sure that like we're maximizing the benefits for everybody and making sure that, our populations don't go extinct, et cetera. But I think that this is definitely a great note to end on and gives people something to think about um, and and get to writing, you know, your representatives on what you think should go into this bill or letting them know that you think they should support this bill because um, that would be super helpful. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all we have for you guys. Um, thanks for joining us and hope you guys have a good week. <laughs>